Hi, and welcome to the Fem Factor Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Laura. And Dr. Nicole. This is a place for women just like you, desiring to learn, be inspired, and find community. We'll be discussing everything from health, longevity, and aging, to mindset, high performance, and cycle syncing, to intuition and healing physically, emotionally, and spiritually. All from a lens that is based both upon the latest health research and feminine energetics. Blending equal parts scientific evidence and inner wisdom, we invite you to elevate your biology, empower your intuition, and embody your magic. And a founding teacher of The Class, a global digital wellness company whose signature method combines fitness and mindfulness in order to strengthen the body, become aware of the mind, and create a deeper connection to self. Her upbringing by an ex-nun and a doctor helped her find ways to use the physical body to access her mind and live more freely in her body. As the first employee of the class, she has helped grow the method and the business from a two-woman team operating out of the founder's apartment to what it is today, with studios in New York and Los Angeles, and a digital platform offering mindfulness practices to students in 71 countries across the globe. Welcome back to the Fem Factor podcast. Laura and I are so, so honored and pleased to have our next guest, Natalie Kuhn. She is the co-CEO of the class. And I just want to say she is one of the most endearing humans to my heart. I met her. I met her back in 20. 2016, 2017, I can't remember when I was going through such a hard time in grad school and finding the class was so life-changing and finding you, I think, because you were the one who brought me into this community. Like, Mm. So welcome, welcome, Natalie. We are so excited to have you today. Nicole, thank you so much. It's been, we've had so many years together. It's such a joy and a treat to be in this kind of conversation. And Laura, it's a pleasure to meet you. What a gift. Thank you both. So can you tell us a little bit, I mean, we always love to hear the stories of incredible women that we bring on and just your journey of like how you became co-CEO. I'm sure this wasn't in the, in the, original plans when, you know, you got out of school, however many years ago. And um, yeah, we would just love to hear where you've been and, and how you got to where you are now. Sure thing. I think um, for those who don't know what the class is to just give you a little bit of context, the class is a movement practice that uses fitness, not for the sake of counting calories or leaderboards, but rather for um, the purpose of using intentional challenge to strengthen your body, become aware of the mind and, um, and purify the heart. It's really there to, um, to use fitness as a catalyst to get to know yourself better. So um, you might be doing very recognizable things like squats and jumping jacks. Um, But for us, the squats and the jumping jacks are more about putting your body through challenge so that you can hear the thoughts that come up, 
the behaviors that arise, the impulses, the feelings. Um, and with that accompaniment of uh, awareness, we're able to um, dive a little more deeply into self-inquiry and come out a bit more evolved or clear or lighthearted. Um, and all of that happens in 45 to 60 minutes. <laughs> it's a very intentional um, practice and efficient practice that combines mindfulness and movement. So um, mindfulness has really been a part of my life for the last 10 years. Movement has been a part um, for 20 plus. So, so backing way up, I was, um, you know, I was raised in LA and I found pretty quickly when I was in third grade that I loved performing and I loved acting. And in high school, I really was a more of a physical theater actor, um, always choosing the characters that were a little off the beaten path and a little funkier and uh, were a little more extreme in their uh, personalities. <laughs> I'm an Aries Leo rising, so a lot of fire there. But, um, but also I think it has to do with the fact that um, I was raised in a really, really, really beautiful ecosystem of an incredible mother and father, but um, also the wide range of emotions wasn't completely available there. Um, I was definitely in that world of being good and acting helped me um, experience the full canon of what was in there. Um, and then I went to NYU for theater and um, in my 20s was performing with rock bands as a dancer, kind of accidentally fell into it with, with particularly with um, artists who were looking for that full idiosyncratic self-expression and then, um, and theater. And I was working at a Lululemon when Taryn Toomey, the founder of the class, walked in to buy some pants and I was folding them. And we got to chatting and she told me about this thing that she was developing in the gym of her apartment building. And at the time, um, I was saying yes to everything, everything. The world was my oyster, 25, 26 year, years old. Why not? Tried it and um, just kind of laughed my way through it because not only was it physically rigorous and, and definitely strengthening my body, there is no, uh, there's no two ways about that, but the guidance that she was um, using, even in those nascent days before there was a name, before there was a website, was um, really about resilience and pulling through the difficulty. And, and it was so cathartic that I didn't cry, I laughed. And catharsis comes in those forms, right? So um, some whisper in the back of my mind said, stay open to this, see where it goes. And uh, I had three jobs at the time. I would set her up and break her down in the morning just to take class uh, and support her. And, and, and she was helping me, sort of guiding me toward teaching. And then in the afternoon, I worked at Lululemon. And then in the evening, I was um, on Off-Broadway for a, a pretty long time until uh, Taryn and I were able to um, allow, you know, financially create a world in which this could be my first time, my, my whole role. And that was 10 years ago. So I, I went from, you know, checking people in at the kids dance factory with a clipboard in hand, you know, printing out the roll call of students for the day to, um, you know, 
supporting the growth of where we are now, which is with uh, two studios, one in New York and LA, that function both as um, li live and in-person experiences, as well as our live stream and production studios offering mindful movement to 71 countries around the globe. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. How'd that how'd that do? How'd that how'd that sit with you? Failed <laughs> it. Uh, I all I kept thinking. I used to live in New York for for many years, and I just kept thinking like this is such a cool like New York style story. Like I hear sure. that a lot. For some reason, it took me back to that. But what a beautiful blend of all of these different things that you enjoy doing between the the acting, the movement, the mindset, like. I kept thinking like, wow, a lot of really creative outlets coming together in this place of moving our bodies physically. And I mm. think, I think so many of us men and women, we turn to movement sometimes when we're working through things mentally upstairs. Um, yeah. But I know, I, I don't know, I'm an avid weightlifter and sometimes I'll go to the gym and I'll look around and people are on their phones, they're scrolling and like that mindfulness piece is missing a lot. And not that they're not getting a benefit from still moving, but to create this workout that literally the whole, the whole crux of it is be really intentional about the movement, be really mindful and like kind of make that connection between mind and body is really, really powerful. Um, I can't imagine how powerful that must be in person. I know Nicole has a great experience with it, but I love that you also serve people virtually in this way. So I'm based out of Phoenix and to my knowledge, there's not a, a live version of this in Phoenix. So it's nice for people to be able to tap in and say, okay, I'm going to try this way of moving my body and just, just see what comes up. And I'm also a cathartic laugh, laugher. Is that a word? A uh -huh. <laughs> Some people like to cry. I'm like, I laugh in really uncomfortable situations. So sure. I'll probably try that workout by myself the first time and see what sure. happens. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that the class is, is attempting and is breaking through an old paradigm. I think a lot of folks um, use fitness punitively. Um, they are punishing themselves to fit into some very narrow definition of beauty or belonging that the culture has fed to us over years of uh, um, subtle and not so subtle marketing. And I think that um, what the class has been uh, really, really trying to break through is that this isn't about fitting into a narrow optical illusion of perfection in any way, shape, or form. This is about deep listening, and the movement is the pathway toward the deep. It's it's the bridge into deep listening. In many ways, it's a moving meditation. Um, but for those who associate burpees with CrossFit, that's that's like a, a kink in the matrix. How could burpees be a moving meditation? Well, when you apply awareness to it and when you apply uh, listening to it, it changes it completely from something that you have to do or need to do in order uh, because of some bullying effect of, of culture um, into actually I'm doing this for some version of myself that's maturing or evolving. Uh, and, and that shift is massive and huge, especially for women who've been the, the, the brunt of um, these narrow definitions. Yeah, I, I must say, and it's it truly when I tell people and if anyone listening is one of my followers, they know like I'm always doing the class and there's a reason Thank for you, it. Nicole. 
because no, thank you. Because, um, it has been, it has changed it. I, I'll be, I will say it has saved my life. It has saved mm. relationships. Mm. It has like, it is so much deeper. And when I tell people that at first, they're like, you're nuts, which is kind of, um, you know, par for the course a lot of times anyways, in my life with lots of things, but, <laughs> but, but then when they experience it either with me in person or online sharing it, I was just with a friend up in Idaho this weekend and we did it in her basement together and she was just so touched. And I think this is because also it's the movement, but for me, the biggest part was the sound and using Mm. our voice, which I don't see. Well, maybe a little bit more coming up in different modalities. Yeah. the, um, The somatics of it, with the voice. And I, because of that, I've learned to use my own voice. I've Mm. learned to be more assertive because my background growing up, like girls and women, like do not talk up. They, you know, they do not speak out. They do not share what their needs are. They are, you know, submissive and this is growing up in the cult I grew up in. Right. And so like all of these things and plus all the conditioning we just have as women in general, let alone cultural and religious and uh, conditioning. And so to be able to find that and do it in a healthy way, that's not like through aggression or because I'm losing my shit or because there's been so much pent up anger and rage and resentment to be able to have an outlet through this modality. I mean, it sounds crazy that a form of a workout can do that for you, but I'm sure I'm not the first person to tell you this. I mean, can you talk a little bit more about the use of voice and also like the shaking practices and all of that in yeah. class? Absolutely. So if you haven't experienced um, the class, uh, you know, maybe what we'll do is I'll, I'll leave you guys with a, a URL, uh, uh, 30 days for everybody to try it at the end um, of the podcast so you can experience it and, and see for yourself how it feels in your own body. Um, for those who haven't tried it, we use sound on the exhalation. And um, the idea there is that it's not dissimilar to an athlete. It's very common and accepted in athletics, in tennis, in you know boxing, that you hear um, uh, an athlete or soccer, whatever, when they strike the ball, strike the racket, whatever it is, you hear that huh, that that movement of sound through the exhale. And why is an athlete doing it? The athlete is doing it because they're moving energy powerfully through their body and um, and moving it out and through. It's not dissimilar. If you think about thought as the word form of energy. If you think about feeling as the heartfelt experience of energy, then energy has three ways that it can travel through the body. It can be suppressed and suppressed long enough. You often see that as the root of dis-ease. It can be uh, projected outward 
Um, and in, in my own language, this is where uh, thoughts, feelings, behaviors are weaponized against often our loved ones or, or innocent bystanders. Um, and then there's when energy is able to move through through the heart, through the chakra system, however you want to call it, through through your body. And that's when it doesn't get stuck. It doesn't get stuck within and it doesn't hurt or harm anybody beyond. It moves and processes through. And that energy, you could say, has a better chance of moving through your body on the current of vibration. And sound is vibration. So sound as a current of vibration carries energy. So sometimes that sound has more force if there's some resentment or anger or something going underneath. Sometimes that sound comes in a quiver and maybe that's grief starting to bubble up and through the body and finally have an outlet. Maybe there, maybe a tear is shed, who knows? Maybe that sound is laughter as we just talked about. And there's some uh, nervousness, anxiety, joy, bliss, uh, excitement that gets a chance to be expressed, but not at anybody and, uh, and not at yourself, but rather just a natural process of processing. That is so powerful. Before I dive into that, I want to just say thank you for that generous offer of letting our listeners try out the class. Um, Deep pleasure. That's so nice of you. So we'll make sure to highlight that for everyone. Uh, I, I love that comparison to, you know, when we look at professional athletes, I was just watching whatever the, I'm totally blanking on Wimbledon, the tennis <laughs> practice. I was like, I should know the name of those. You know, right. You're listening to them go back and forth. And I, whenever we have conversations like this and we talk about the power of the voice, the power of sound, the power of, uh, you know, things that we, we have been conditioned to think are not proper are not right. That's not the way it should look. Uh, that's not allowed, that's not accepted. It's really fighting what our physiology needs, right? Like I, I work with a lot of women who are dealing with stress, who are dealing with anxiety. And, you know, there's this tendency they've been taught to be still, to be seen and not heard, to be completely stoic. And the reality is you have to let those those sounds out. You have to let the movement out. There's a reason why people, when they get anxious and nervous, they're they're jittery and their voice shakes, right? So it is that that sound frequency is healing in and of itself, and it helps your body. It helps your physiology move through what's happening at the cellular level with that biochemistry. And I, I think that's another reason why, you know, Natalie, I don't know if you see this where, where you live, but where I'm at in Arizona, like sound healing has really, really come out as a new modality to help people as part of their overall wellness for that reason, that healing frequency of receiving sound, but also bringing in, you know, some of the release of sounds of your own along the way to kind of help recalibrate those energetic frequencies. So I, I love that you're working that into the class. I'm sure I'm sure it's not comfortable for everybody who goes and attends and it, maybe it takes yeah. a couple of times, but I imagine that's a very healing, healing part of it. Um, really yeah, blending out with the movement. It's definitely, it's been there from day one. It's something that, um, you know, uh, you know, you could call it vocal toning, which is now more of a trendy term that people are using for it, but um, it's been there since day one. And I have to say from the beginning, it's one of the things that people um, misinterpreted as shouting or yelling. 
Um, and I think that goes to show you how far away we are from owning and um, empowering ourselves to have a voice. We call it something else. <laughs> you know, we, the only thing our psyches can relate it to is screaming. And it's absolutely not screaming. <laughs> it is just putting your voice on your breath in a healthy and healthful way. And it, is, it has been in the past something that has intimidated people quite a bit. And they go, oh, well, you know, um, I'll try it, but not that. And I think that also shows how far away we are from um, truly owning our voice. When people try it, Nicole, uh, like you mentioned, tears are a very common uh, expression because um, it, it, is, it, it, it is the sort of um, the waterfall of how much we've been storing or suppressing um, throughout the years, uh, unconsciously. Yeah, and to, I mean, just from personal experience, you know, bringing friends, for me, for whatever reason, like, I was all in that first class with Sade and you in the darkness, yeah. and then, you know, like I was, it was coming out. It needed to, but yeah. I had been, you know, I've brought so many people in and, and at first they're like, Oh, I probably, and I tell them like, we're going to be using sound. Um, so don't be shocked when you shocked. start hearing this. Right. And so many times they're like, Oh, well, I probably sure. don't do that. And then like within one or two songs, they start and then not everybody, but by the end, the new people are like, oh, fuck yeah, let's go. You know, <laughs> this feels good and my it feels very uncomfortable and strange. Yeah. Maybe, but like, let's it's the, go. It's the um, it's the same feeling as why a good belly laugh feels good. A good solid cry feels good. It's why karaoke feels good. <laughs> I always say this in my class, the three forms of catharsis are laughing, crying, and karaoke. And it's because you get something moving up and out. Yeah. So I want to ask you because you've been a teacher of the class for a long time. Now you're the co-CEO. Um, this is this is like very, this is a lot of physical asking of yourself, a lot of cognitive asking of yourself, a lot of emotional because I'm, because you're not just the CEO and the business person, you know, on the back end, like you are one of the front end faces in it, in the trenches, if you will. And so how because we have a lot of women on here who are founders, who are C-level, you know, um, C-suite level executives. And um, so how do you use, I'm sure you, you're able to use the class in some ways as a healing modality for you, but I'm imagining there's probably other ways you need to bring this into your life simply because you're so deep into the class like at what at a certain point maybe it's hard to find the healing in it for you all the time because you're so deeply within the the culture and the mm. business and all of that 
Well, I'll say I don't, when I teach the class, that is not my time to process. That's my time to hold space. Um, that's my time to, uh, to be in connection and in co-creation with the students creating a journey. What I do, I am very much a student of the class as well, because every single one of our teachers, and we have 18 between New York and LA, have a different um, background, come from different families, come from different cultural experiences, um, are of different ages, live in different bodies, um, and they all have unique uh, articulations of mindfulness and movement and catharsis and um, self-inquiry. So when I need to process something for myself, I need to get something off my chest. Sometimes I'll, I'll be honest, if I just want to move my body and see what happens, I will absolutely go to the class as a student of one of our teachers. And I always find something beautiful and generative. Um, and we also offer yoga and meditation. So uh, if I need to um, change up the movement, I'll often go to one of our um, class teachers yogas, yoga sessions. And I find it, I just find it wonderful. The, the other thing that I do for myself is uh, I have a puppy. <laughs> I have a puppy named Smooch. And um, I'm one of those believers that, you know, there's nothing that a walk can't fix. So I will often take the dog on a walk and, and we actually, we have audio guides um, for walking and running and, and I might pop that on. I might just try to tune into the five senses and do one of those walking meditations for myself just to let the body dispel the day's energy or wake up from the previous night's sleep. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is a lot of hats to wear, um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I think, um, I'm not quite sure if it's my makeup or if other people need this more widely, but I, I need to be with others in the journey creation of the class just as much as I need to be in Excel sheets and strategy work. It's, um, it's satisfying for different parts of my mind and it's, um, and it, and it's, it evolves me as a person to have new problems to solve and uh, deeper, more uh, complex ones. Now that's on a good day. On a bad day, I'm like, why this is so hard? <laughs> why can't it just be easy working through macroeconomics and <laughs> trying to keep everything afloat? <laughs> but I'm so grateful for our team because mindfulness is really part of of the ecosystem. We start uh, all hands meetings with meditation. Uh, we encourage each other to take class if we're having a hard day. Um, and it's just generally part of the, the way in which we talk to each other, being as conscious and awake of what we're bringing to the table um, as much as our, our strategies, right? holding both in equal value. I love that and what a, what a novel thought for anyone who's leading a company, leading a team that instead of just focusing on the numbers and the output and, you know, time in the office of creating this culture where it's like, Hey, you look like you're working through something. Let's go move your body. Let's go get that out of your system in this way. That's very mindful and intentional. Cause I, I think sometimes, I don't know, I've worked in the corporate world a bit in different corporate wellness structures and we, we still try and separate it out. Like there's work and then it's the time outside of work to go like move your body and do that other stuff. But the reality is 
regardless of whether you're in the corporate world or if you're an entrepreneur running a, a small business with a team, bringing those modalities into business makes your business run that much more smoothly because your team feels better. You feel better. You can process the hard days. Like you said, you can get out the excited energy. You can lean into creativity and, you know, especially as women, like we, I don't know. I could go down. Nicole knows I can go down a big rabbit hole about this with our hormones and the need for movement, for creativity, for our business. So it's, it's such a, a great idea. I think if you're listening and you know, whether you are in the corporate world or you have a small team of your own, like what are you doing to support each other this way by bringing in this mindful movement, by bringing in these different ways of processing thing versus just focusing on Excel, which that sounds like my personal nightmare. (laughs) Well, I think also that um, we often think about mindfulness as something that you do uh, when you're sitting on the the meditation cushion, or it's something that you do for the 60 minutes that you're taking the class. But when you get enough tools under yourself and enough tools to to lay a groundwork, mindfulness is actually a, a way that you choose to live your life. I often think that um, one of the the troubles of the corporate environment is this this commitment to hyper-individualism. It's my idea. It's my initiative. And if I get seen, I'll get the success. I'll get the title. I'll get the uh, financial gain. When in reality, collaborative thinking, the best ideas, you don't know where they're going to come from. They could come from the janitor down the hall as easily as they could come from the CEO. You have to be willing to listen and keep your eyes and ears open. And that deep listening can come from your mindful practice. Extend it into the rest of your day and see what happens. I think collaboration, I often think about one of uh, one of my teachers, David White. He says that the way that you ask the question is the way that you're gonna get the answer in return. So if you're asking the question, why haven't we hit our goals? then the answer is gonna come back very defensively, very hyper-individualistically. Well, it's their fault and there's gonna be a lot of finger pointing. If you can ask the question with a real attention and awareness to your own self, your own center, your responsibility, taking accountability of how can we learn from where we missed our goals and how can we work toward that goal in a better, uh, more, um, more evolved or educated way then you're gonna get the answer that's gonna follow suit. Let's think about that, let's work together. What didn't go right? How, instead of uh, pointing fingers, how can we learn and how can we grow? And that is mindfulness in action. That is a form of meditation put into uh, the corporate environment. It's not just what happens on the cushion or on the mat. I feel like this is, a huge paradigm shift in the making for corporate America or just corporate the world, I guess I should say, because I, so a confession here, I've only had one corporate job in my life and I lasted 11 months. So (laughs) again, probably no surprise there, but I've always like corporate mentality has always graded against my soul. I feel like literally when I was in that job and it wasn't a horrible job, it was just the structure 
that I felt so trapped in and so unable to show any creativity and so hierarchical and all of that. And so when I hear you speaking of bringing mindfulness in as a foundational piece of the culture and, you know, collaboration versus competition and even uh, coming out of academia, which I feel like is very hierarchical as well and and has a you know very um similar um structure to corporate the corporate world um finding that collaboration and not competition finding that mindfulness and awareness and not finger pointing and taking accountability and responsibility but as a whole and not just cuz that could be you know, taken to the other extreme, like, oh, it's, I think of my own background, I'd be like, I'm so sorry, it was all my fault. Like, I'll take responsibility, and I suck, and I'm not good enough, and I shouldn't be here instead of being like, okay, like, how do we all step in to the role we need to play? And so to, to hear this coming from someone who's at the high, highest level in a company structure, to say that it just is so heartwarming because I think this is how it's going to, you know, filter into the rest of, I mean, maybe never, maybe not the huge ones like Apple and Google or who knows, who knows what's going on there, but it's people like you who are truly setting the example and pioneering this shift in the world. And I, I'm just so thankful for that, for everyone who is in that system. And um, I know you speak, you're speaking a lot public, like on stages, and I haven't been to any of those yet. So are you, when you're speaking, is this part of what you're bringing? Or is it more around about the class and wellness and movement? Or it has it shifted more towards like your role as CEO? Mm, uh, it really spans the gamut. I think um, what I discovered through teaching is that one of my favorite parts of class is offering a little bit of a Dharma talk or a three minute introduction to what the class is going to be about. And um, students who have experienced that uh, around um, in various countries have sort of taken to that. And that's how that began. Of What if that three minutes, what if we could hear more about that teaching? And often what I'll do in the, the talks that I give is, is it's definitely not, it's breaking the mold of the one directional uh, uh, speaker template. And it's, I, I will often ask everybody to stand up from their chairs and find their way into their body through guided meditation as part of the experience. I think um, you are much more apt to have a memorable experience if you yourself have a direct experience with yourself. Um, so a lot of my talks um, are asking people to um, do very, very simple somatic embodiment practices. And, uh, you know, if that's just a fancy way of saying, um, Soma. Soma means of the body, just simply means to get into your body uh, when you're when you're listening and experiencing. So the talks range from mindfulness talk, uh, mindfulness subjects like I'm giving one in a couple of weeks called the, the discipline of surrender um, to uh, women in leadership roles and how we can um, think about empowerment 
outside of old paradigms and and using our intuitive nature and connecting to our bodies and our, our sense of self and our sense of self-worth to help guide and lead the way. So it really ranges from, from mindfulness and business to mindfulness in business. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's great. I lo I love to I love to be in connection in that way. Yeah, sorry, Laura. Go ahead. I was just gonna say they sound like <clears throat> excuse me, they sound like incredible talks. Uh, I'm a fan of any talk from stage that gets people up out of their chairs and moving in some way. Anyone yeah, who's same. been to an, an all day event by the end of it, you're like, oh my gosh, I was yeah, not made. You're listening not made to sit here for this. Long. Right, right. <laughs> so be that a dance break or I love the concept of simple actionable tools they can learn in the yes. moment that then you take with you. So that's, that's it. super exciting. If anyone ever has the chance to go see Natalie speak, go do that. Um, I definitely would. <laughs> Welcome. So I, I have one last question around the class. So for those who are listening, who at this point, they're like sold, I'm doing the trial. I'm ready to try this out what's a good starting place within the structure of the class? Is it just pick one and go with it? Is sure, there a sure. beginner route? We do. We have a program. It's a three class program called new to the class. And um, the first one is led by uh, one of my sisters from another, Mr. JC. And she, um, you, you're going to go piece by piece. We're not throwing you into a burpee right away. We're not throwing you into making sound right away. It's really a way to ease you into um, this unique combination of a workout and mindfulness. How do those two things go together? And uh, it's it's like wading into the pool. Great. No day one burpees and screaming. Right. Although I right. think that's relatable. <laughs> Although for some of us that's needed. And yeah. so it's, for those you know of yourself. you who are all in, like, don't be afraid to just do it Jump either. In. Exactly. Right, right, right. Exactly. I want to ask Natalie, do you know your human design and your Enneagram? Oh gosh, I'm not very good at this. Maybe it's a manifesting generator. Is that the right? Am I in the right world? And then I think um are there numbers? I think my numbers are like maybe three and six, which I heard was martyr and role model. Is this right? Oh, you're a three that, five manifesting generator. I think that's because right. Three is the, the martyr. We're both three five manifesting generators. So the three, and we won't get into this right now, but the okay. three sometimes is called martyr, but that kind of makes it seem like yuck. I don't want to be a martyr, but sure. it's actually also known as the phoenix, and Ooh. it's all about trial and error. So we learn lessons through trial and error. Truth. And then the five, you could be a six, I'm not sure, but the five, because um, that's a leadership role. So oh. fives are natural born leaders huh. because people look to us. And then that three, five combo is really good because we, we're the ones who experiment and fail and try again and fail and then, then succeed. And then we tell others and that's the five line. So mm, that might be, that's nice. I mean, who knows what, but, but when you were just talking, I was like, I bet she's a manifesting generator. Oh, like, that's so because funny. We love all the different hats and being in different things. And it, instead funny. of it exhausting us, it like really 
energizes us. And then I oh, don't know. I'll have I have to learn more about that. Thank you. That's you're, cool. You're welcome. And then I feel like um, one last thing, I don't know what your Enneagram is, but um, I don't know, based on theater and music and all of this, that you could be a seven, which we are too. No so idea. Anyways. Okay. Well, that I might have... be fun. Actually, it might be fun for your whole team to do because it's a really useful tool that corporations will use in order to work more work well together based on mm-hmm. personalities and communication and all of that. But anyways, we can go on t- into that on a different conversation. <laughs> um, so one thing we like to ask, well, first, how people can connect with you more. Oh, after- thank you. If, yeah, sure. Well, on Instagram, um, at the class is how you can find uh, the method in the company. And then at this is Natalie is my Instagram. There's no H in my name. It's just this is Natalie. And um, the class.com backslash Natalie and A-T-A-L-I-E is the 30 day free trial and love to have uh, all of your listeners join us on the mat. See if it resonates with you. Um, so. My turn. I'll edit that out later. <laughs> the joy of having two co-hosts. Uh, yes, we will definitely put all of those links so people can come and find you later. Um, and that brings us to our last question, which we did sure. give you a little heads up on. But our favorite question to ask all of our guests is, if you could give a piece of advice to a younger version of Natalie, uh, whether it's little toddler Natalie or Natalie in her 20s, whatever that would look like for you, if a piece of advice comes to mind, we would love to know what that would be. Um, I, I feel like I'd like, I'd like to answer this in two ways. One is that there, there's something that I've always held on to that has worked for me that I'd like to share. And then something I'd like to go back retroactively and <laughs> instill upon her. But the thing that um, has really impacted my life in positive ways is that I've always focused on growth over perfection. Um, and maybe it maybe it is this uh, generating manifester uh, quality, but really um, facing the fear of whatever is the unknown and saying, learn and focus on learning above all else uh, and you know mastering whatever that is will come with time and and that that perfectionist quality was not part of my storyline growth and education really has been and that and that's proved um, to offer some really beautiful and generative results so i offer that to anybody who um who might find that useful and then the one that i could i wish i could ro- retroactively instill upon my younger former self would be um it would be that you know 99 percent of the time it's not personal (laughs) i think especially at the very tender age of uh, the teenage years when our self-worth and our self-esteem is uh still forming um we tend to take just about everything personally and looking back fractionally was that ever true Mm, thank you so much for sharing both of those. Um, Natalie, we, oh, I just, my heart is overflowing being able to spend this time with you. We just want to say thank you. Thank you for being a guest on the Fem Factor. And for all of those of you listening, definitely go take the class from my personal experience. Like it is 
life-changing and definitely take Natalie's class. And if you're in, you. in LA, take her live. You will never look back. Um, oh. Thank you so much. We're so happy to have you. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Laura. It's a pleasure to be in conversation with you. Appreciate you. This podcast is for general information and educational purposes only. It should not be considered medical advice and or treatment. Although we are both doctors, we are not medical doctors or your medical doctor. What has been discussed should not take the place of your personal medical professional's advice, treatment, diagnosis, or care. If you love this podcast as much as we do, please take the time to subscribe, share, rate, and review. And we'd love if you would follow us over on Instagram. Our handles are at dr.lauradecessoris and at Dr. Nicole Marcioni, or you can just click on the links in our show notes. 